Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Sea Devils number 30. Cover date, July-August 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artists, Howard Purcell and Jack Adler. Edited by George Cashtan. Featuring A Gorilla Prowls the Deep Six. Written by Bob Haney. Art by Howard Purcell and Sheldon Moldoff. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new day. Little Caesar, a chimpanzee, is lowered underwater to test a new pressure suit. A strange explosion occurs, so the sea devils descend to investigate and are soon attacked by a giant underwater gorilla, which is apparently Little Caesar in altered form. The gorilla soon teams up with Manfish in an alliance to attack the surface. The sea devils return to attack the gorilla and are captured. And listener, that all happens by page three. I'll be right back with a special guest to explain everything. Is it a salmon that comes in a can? No, 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 no. Is it a flounder you fry in a pan? No, 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 no. What is this new dance I'm asking you, man? They call it the fish. Is it a tuna you catch on your hook? No, 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 no. Is it a manner that swims in a brook? No, 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 no. What is this new step that makes me cook? They call it the fish. My guest today, the man who knows more about imaginary undersea worlds than anyone alive, work friend Chuck. Hey, Thank everyone. You. Full disclosure, we don't work together anymore. Yeah, I keep waiting to be promoted to real friend Chuck. You've long since been promoted <laughs> to real friend Chuck. We just have to maintain brand identity. Yeah, right, right. Continuity for the listeners. Right. Continuity is very important in comics. Not in these comics. No. <laughs> so we're here looking at Sea Devils, number 30. The Sea Devils listener, as you know. Oh, wait, that's you. I'm telling you stuff you already know. I always wonder if whenever you say listener, if you're directly addressing me. Yes, the answer is yes. The Sea Devils, as you know, are a team of undersea adventurers consisting of Dane, Biff, Judy, and Nikki. They also have a group of international sea devils that they hang around with. Also, Dane's father is a sea captain who is stuck for life in his submarine. And they have a frenemy, Manfish. That about sums it up. That, yeah, the, uh, that makes it sound sane. It, it, is, not, <laughs> it is not sane. 
we were commenting before we began recording that this issue in particular is batshit crazy. <laughs> Chuck you, argued that it was also awesome, but I might disagree. <laughs> did you make Rob read this even though he can't be here today? No. Oh, yes, listener, Dr. Husband is busy with year-end reports, so he was unable to join me for our regularly scheduled time this weekend. And in a panic, I called Chuck. But Bob, it's April. He's late. Academic year end. Oh. They're on a different kind of schedule. Right, right. It's just madness. So this issue was awesome. I had a a big stupid smile on my face for every page. Good. Every page is like a new issue. Right. We see on the cover that a monster gorilla stalks the deep six. That's what they call the sea devils. Oh, no, it isn't, because there's only four of them. Right. That took me a minute, too. I I guess it's just all of the deep six. Now, as you also know, Chuck, comic covers with gorillas on them always sold more than regular comics covers. Yeah, and I did some checking on Mike's Amazing World, and there were no other DC Gorilla covers this month or the next month. So this so. must mean this was the top-selling issue of June, <laughs> July, nineteen sixty-six. There's a story that might be apocryphal. Apo- ap- it might be untrue <laughs> that <laughs> that DC actually put a stop to the gorilla covers it said you need special editorial permission for a gorilla cover so i'm guessing it was because of this issue (laughs) (laughs) and uh, the gorilla's head is oddly shaped so it's a gorilla egghead issue yes maybe a relation to egg foo Wonder Woman's nemesis. Oh, nice. I was thinking Vincent Price, but true, true, true. (laughs) All right. Uh, You know how this program works. We just say whatever comes into our head with no filter. Yeah, I have to apologize for the listeners. I probably won't uh, digress as much as Rob normally does um, because of my deep-seated interest in comics. So this might be... (laughs) Between Bob and I, one way on topic rather than a fully fleshed out thing that's interesting for everyone. I will uh, try to fill in as best I can because okay. I have some problems with the narrative. <laughs> um, well, this, the Sea Devils covers were always interesting to me because they had this wash effect. Yes. Do you know I mean, anything about that? I don't know anything about that, but similar to like uh, was it Dell or Gold Key that had always the beautiful right. covers right so I looked it up on comics.org and um, Jack Adler is created with color and wash effects ever since issue number one. Oh, so not and he's not the penciler not the inker so he's he's color and wash effects so and they didn't always do it but uh but he's always credited as, as, as that. Okay. So maybe I wonder, he was going for a real underwater feel. I wonder if that was more expensive than just inking and coloring. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, this was certainly a top seller, so they could afford it. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. We're, uh, 
We're five issues away from cancellation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. As we'll see. All right. This one's a blast, Chuck. You'll start with what is supposed to be a merely spectacular experiment in the deep, deep six. Then, pow, you'll hit the big shocker as you witness the sea devils in colossal combat against a monstrosity science ruled impossible when a gorilla prowls the deep six. And we see the sea devils being uh, menaced by the aforementioned giant gorilla who's under the sea. Wouldn't a giant gorilla be hampered by being under the sea? You'd think that all the fur, yes, would weight him down. And also the fact that he's giant. The lack of flippers, the whole breathing air thing. Uh-huh. Well, there's also a reason for that, which we'll learn about 26 pages in. Uh, art is by Howard Purcell. We're not sure who wrote it. Maybe Bob Haney? We're pretty sure. <laughs> it probably is Bob Haney. Because it's, as we mentioned, batshit crazy. All right. In the ceaseless quest to colonize the ocean floors, which I guess has fallen by the wayside because I've never heard much <laughs> advocacy for colonizing the ocean floor. They did have a little spate of interest in underwater stuff in the 60s. Well, sure. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Yeah. And uh, TV shows and stuff like that. Um, so... A giant Navy vessel is lowering a bathosphere. Is that what that thing is called? I think so. One mile straight down to witness an awesome alien world under the ocean. Can man survive down there? Well, it doesn't matter because the pilot of this bathosphere is a cute little chimp named Little Caesar. I'm glad they told us it was cute because the picture there is terrifying. <laughs> yes. Imagine a hideous, uh, like imagine an actor from Planet of the Apes after they've just taken their makeup off and so they have glue all over their face. And uh, imagine that face inside a diving helmet. Right. And that's your little Caesar, who's become the darling of the world. Eyes all over the world are glued to their lexophones to witness little Caesar diving under the ocean. Now, this was a bad idea to do a live feed. Yeah. Because on the next page, the camera, which is trailing the bathosphere, witnesses it exploding into nothingness, and little Caesar is dead. So I have that listed as my very first surprise of this <laughs> issue. Right? We're only you, on page three. Right. Page three, and they killed the chimp. Yep. Uh, luckily, the sea devils are on hand to go rescue the chimp. Why didn't they just send the sea devils down in the first place <laughs> instead I, of I, the chimp? If they can get down that far to save the chimp, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a mind boggler. But let's back up a second. So, why is the chimp named Caesar? I wondered if this was. I didn't bother to Google it. But if this was around the time of Planet of the Apes novel and or movie? Um, the Planet of the Apes movie was 1968. And Caesar didn't appear until Battle of the Planet Apes. Right. 1973. But I don't know about the book. I don't either. And uh, But I couldn't find any other famous chip named Caesar. <laughs> 
Well, this is it. This is the famous chimp named Caesar. Maybe this is what inspired Planet of the Apes. Oh, this yes. issue of Sea Devils that three people have read, you and me and the <laughs> producers of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, so the Sea Devils are off to the rescue. They have some kind of uh, saucer craft stashed nearby under the ocean, which has wings and wheels, none of which is practical when you're under the ocean. Uh, even if Caesar survived, we read, the pressure is murder. He would not right. survive the crushing pressure of the ocean depths. Just then, the sea devils incredulously stare at a monstrous apparition. Yes, it's the giant gorilla. So this page four is numbers two and three of my shots. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot that there would be a giant gorilla in this issue. Uh, I guess I wasn't ready for it this soon. Right. Um, but yeah, page four. Mm -hmm. And then panel two, the thing talks to them. Yes. <laughs> Wait, he's not talking on the cover. He's a talking um, giant underwater gorilla. Talking giant underwater gorilla with the best line uh, in these four pages, <laughs> humanity, bah. <laughs> the gorilla explained that it was humans who did this to him. Can sent me down. Just acknowledge that you just used the phrase. The gorilla explains. <laughs> uh, humans did this to me. Sent me down here where I was changed into a water-breathing creature. So it's Caesar transformed into a giant talking water-breathing gorilla. Or is it? Or is it? The sea devils escape in their flying saucer with wheels and uh, continue traversing the ocean depths where they're caught in a spider web. So shock number five. <laughs> yes. Was not expecting the giant spider one page after the giant talking gorilla. <laughs> right. That has built a web under the ocean. But we don't see if there's outcroppings or anything holding this web up. It could just be floating. Well, it's like, what the hell is Batman ever swinging off of? Yeah, well, fair point. Um, a big sea spider. Is there such a thing as a sea spider? They're terrifying if they are. Right especially if they're that big. Guess what? The sea spider also talks. <laughs> Blast you, sea devils. You're fouling up my plans. Well, it turns out Dane's got a hunch of who this sea spider is. It's our old friend, Manfish. Who so, can <laughs> is this number six? Well, the sea spider talking. First, the... I don't know why this kept shocking me. You introduce a giant gorilla, you have him talk. You introduce a giant spider, you have him talk. Mm -hmm. Dane immediately thinks the spider is manfish, but never questioned the giant gorilla. Right. Because that's Caesar. It's, it's, well, that makes sense. That's logical if you go down tracking a monkey uh, and all that. Listen of a sudden, to yourself. <laughs> because the gorilla said it's your fault. You sent me down here and it transformed me. 
Right. Uh, Manfish is, uh, as I mentioned, an old frenemy of the Sea Devils because <clears throat> Captain X, who is secretly Dane's father, is indirectly responsible for turning Manfish into the creature that he is, a green-skinned humanoid who can transform into sea life which does not include spiders by the way <laughs> but sea spiders um this reminds me of an issue of super friends where aquaman announced out of the blue that he could not only talk to fish telepathically but also to seabirds well, I did find a 1940s example of him commanding seagulls. Okay. Uh, I've recorded my spreadsheet. I will dig up that information for you. <laughs> Thank you. Why can't he just talk to all birds? Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's not a significant genetic difference between seagulls and, say, a blue jay. He's, he's just making Hawkman less important. <laughs> Tweet, tweet. So Manfish transforms back into his normal humanoid shape and announces that he has spotted his mortal enemy, Captain X, prowling around here in his submarine. I changed into a spider and figured I'd share him, uh, snare him with a web, but you had to come along and blunder into it. Well, anyway, it's nice to see you again, Judy. <laughs> Manfish has a crush on Judy. I feel like he is the the character find. Like, if they had immediately dropped Sea Devils or maybe done Manfish <laughs> and the Sea Devils yes. underneath, that uh, this book would have continued on because this dude is making the whole issue. Um, we, on your first appearance on the podcast, we hypothesized yeah. that Manfish was perhaps meant to allude to the Submariner. Oh, yeah. With the Sea Devils being the Fantastic Four. Yep. Because he does he look exactly the, like, yeah. Rocking the Speedo. Yep. And the pointy ears and hair. But and no nipples, just like Submariner. Right. Anyway, uh, Dane says, yeah, you, you've been up to your tricks again. You might as well admit that you were also that big talking gorilla that gave us a bad time five minutes ago. Now, Manfish knows that he wasn't talking gorilla, but he thinks to himself, I've got a hunch that they did see a giant talking gorilla. In that case, they've given me a sensational idea. <laughs> We're only on page six, everybody. Uh, Manfish makes a quick exit. Wait a minute. On page six, he's got uh, yep. shapely, scaled bikini on. And all of a sudden, now it's a diaper. Well, he just saw Judy. <laughs> so Manfish heads off on whatever mission he's on. Uh, Judy and Dane pick up a radio signal that, in fact, it couldn't have been Manfish that was the giant gorilla because concurrently, the giant gorilla is destroying an oil rig, luckily uninhabited. And Dane announces that the Sea Devils are going to have to find a way to change the gorilla back to Little Caesar. Meanwhile, Manfish is following the footprints 
of the giant gorilla because although he lives under the ocean, he doesn't swim. He walks and discovers the gorilla in his underwater lair, which luckily has air. And this was another shock. Which part? <laughs> oh, I don't think we're there yet. Okay. The, oh, I know what you're talking about, though. Yes. <laughs> Manfish uh, talks the gorilla after some initial back and forth into teaming up with him to destroy the sea devils and, in fact, all mankind. And if we team up, nothing can stand against us. Manfish seems to cave in every single situation where he is even remotely in danger. Mm -hmm. You'd think someone that could change into a giant sea spider would have a little more courage. Well, he's slimy, Manfish is, in more ways than one. All right. The sea devils head back to the laboratory of Professor Adams, where he is displaying a giant, uh, I guess this is a PowerPoint presentation of uh, the gorilla, but it's in a weird energy form. It's a photograph that we're looking at. This reminded me of that chapter in How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way from the (laughs) And the thing with John Musema showing us how to he does the rough the yep. scribble method. Yep. I was like, oh, it's the scribble method. I wore that book out. Yeah. And I still didn't ever learn how to draw the thing. <laughs> uh, I see we're actually at the All Nations Underseas Lab headquarters, which is where Professor Adams has his laboratory. I apologize if you hear snoring in the background. I just assume it's Rob. It's June Bug. She's so precious. (laughs) Except when she eats her own poop. Oh. Professor Adams has an e-camera, an energy camera for long, which looks just like a phantom zone ray projector. Right? Which turns on the sea devils. (laughs) (laughs) It's too bad that people weren't teaming up willy-nilly in these days because they could have just got the Phantom Stone Ray Projector. Right. And sent the gorilla there. Well, if the Sea Devils existed in the DC Universe, there's a hundred different ways we would have dealt with a giant gorilla in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, like where's, maybe- Aqu- where's Aquaman? And- right. And where's Superman? And nope, this is the Sea Devils book. If Aquaman can talk to a seagull, he could certainly talk to an undersea gorilla. Well, especially since the gorilla speaks English. (laughs) Fair point. Uh, So just as radar locates object, this energy camera locates energy sources. For example, if I take a picture of you, sea devils, I can see your... Uh, energy lines radiating from your body. So it's, it photographs auras. I've seen lots of YouTube videos about that. Oh. Um, now, they notice that though the camera captures the sea devils and you can see their solid forms surrounded by energy, the gorilla is all energy. It has no solid form. Meaning 
He's an alien hologram. <laughs> Precisely. You've hit upon the mystery, Chuck. The sea gorilla doesn't have a solid form. It's a pure energy form. It appears that little Caesar has been transformed into an awesome terror that can't be stopped unless it's utterly destroyed. Number eight. Are you paying the royalty fees every time you say little Caesar? (laughs) (laughs) I cannot confirm or deny. Uh, You can't destroy energy. Right. You can transform it. But you'll never be able to destroy it. It's just going to keep turning into giant undersea creatures and destroy humanity, no matter what you do. Back to the sea gorilla's lair, where he's got... (laughs) What? Bob, the what? The sea gorilla's lair. The the what? The sea gorilla has a lair? Yes. (laughs) It's got a... a, Giant shell throne? Giant shell throne, a lit brazier... How do you say that word? Brazier? I'm pretty sure it's not brazier. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> and a percolating coffee pot. I'm like, where's the brazier? <laughs> <laughs> you got excited there for a minute, didn't you? Where did this cave come from? And that chair looks mighty comfortable. and Form-fitting. Right, so if this is Little Caesar, TM. Yeah. Um, yeah, he built himself a nice pad in the, in the 10 pages. And the, he's got like bowls of fruit in the background. <laughs> it's the coffee percolator that gets me. <laughs> <laughs> and a beautiful little mid-century modern table beside his chair. Sure that that's not coffee. It probably contains the blood of his enemies. Yes, or a banana smoothie or something. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> um, Manfish explains that he has dwelled in the sea. Oh, wait, I forgot something. <clears throat> Manfish comments on the Seagrilla's lair that I see your place is filled with air. An amphib's dream. <laughs> So man fish is not a fish at all. He's an amphibian. So why didn't they just call him manphibian? Because <laughs> Marvel would do that 10 years from now. No, do they have a manphibian? I think, yeah, they had one. I think it was a one issue. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> well, then even more reason DC should have jumped on the copyright. Yep. And we'd still be reading Sea Devils today. Right, right. But you forgot, um, he does say that, but he starts out with, what elegance. (laughs) So he's super impressed with that cavern and that giant seashell throne. And the coffee pot. There are braziers in the corner that have been lit on fire. (laughs) Years before women slip. Um. Manfish explains that he's lived in the sea for a long time. He knows every nook and cranny. And since I once lived among men, I know all about them. It's a deal, says the sea gorilla. I guess we'll call him Big Caesar for now. Sure. Our first aim is to control the world. Uh, Well, yeah. Easily done. Yeah. Except for the meddling human scientists which are not easy adversaries to overcome. 
Manfish starts mapping out their plans for worldwide sabotage, power failures, blackouts, and utter confusion. And in exchange, you will help me destroy Captain X, who prowls the seas in a submarine. If they want to spread utter confusion, they could just hand out this comic book. (laughs) (laughs) Also... You're in the DC universe. Yep. You're on Earth One. Yep. Controlling the world won't be easy because of the human scientists. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're probably referencing Lex Luthor there. Right, right. All right, right. That would be difficult. Um Manfish, make your plans, help me shackle mankind, and you will rule by my side. There might be a love connection here. Right. All right, Manfish goes off to draw up his plans. Still another plan is in the works. One dreamed up by Professor Adams and the Sea Devils. They're in little individual mini subs. With Kind of cool. They are. Actually, this would have been a great toy. By the way, you sent me that link to the Sea Devils toys, which I had never heard of. Neither have I. It was a shock. But apparently the same people that did Major Matt Mason Mm -hmm. in the 60s, they followed it up. When Major Matt Mason started to decline, they they did a Sea Devils uh, line of action figures that has nothing to do with this comic book. No, but it could have if they'd have made a girl one. Right. Because they wasn't his little, they had the major main sea devil and then his little helper Ricky. Wasn't that his name? Yeah, I think so. And they had um, the manfish stand in. Yes. And the the advertising never, they never declare whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, He's probably uh, both, just like manfish. He's a friend of me. He can go either way. Yeah. So no sooner they get these little individual subs underway than here comes the giant sea gorilla attacking them. They are armed, the mini subs are armed with energy dispersal guns. I love this kind of panel layout where you have three long, tall panels across the page. I've seen that before in the Sea Devils. So in Hawkman, they were using that long panel layout to denote height mm-hmm. um so could they could be doing depth here sure it works either way <laughs> uh we have four glorious panels of each of the sea devils firing their energy weapons which makes this sound zip splat zip splat zip splat zip splat and gives them kind of a, a menacing like bloodthirsty look mm-hmm which is not the case at all. But I love Biff's declaration. If these gimmick guns don't work, I'll take on that big ape with my bare hands. So guess what? It worked. The girl is gone. The end. Yeah, and we gave our son a big flip along with it. Hang on. <laughs> they are tossed to... Uh, the four corners of the bottom of the sea where they discovered that the gorilla has been destroyed. But where is little Caesar? They were expecting him, of course, to be reverted to little Caesar, but it looks like little Caesar is dead. 
Yeah, well, but yeah, why did they expect that? Because they're used to miracles, Chuck. They're the sea devils. You're right. You are right, sir. You are correct. Now, unfortunately, the gorilla has not been destroyed. He's just hiding behind a rock. And he's got a giant bell jar with which to scoop up the sea devils. <laughs> Let's not talk about where he was keeping it. Oh. So, heroes in a jar. Bob, ever since the 1933 episode of Super Friends, Dr. Gulliver's gigantic goof, guest starring the Green Arrow, I have been obsessed with heroes stuck in a jar. Really? The yeah. things one learns. <laughs> um, how many examples have you found so far? I can I, think of I'll, one famous Atom cover. I'll uh, share my spreadsheet. Okay. <laughs> The problem being, I usually get a screenshot whenever I run across it. And then it's digging those individual screenshots out from all the other hundreds of screenshots I take daily. Mm -hmm. But I'll put together at some point a little uh, a photo montage of heroes stuck in jars. Um, do you think you might need some kind of intervention someday? <laughs> I'm not hurting anyone but myself, Bob. This is a man who, by the way, also has a wife and three children who he's raised to almost adulthood. I don't know where you find the time. Hmm. Oh, it's because you make your kids do everything. Yes. yes. So Biff and Judy are captured in the bell jar. Dane and Nikki are on the attack to try to distract the gorilla so that they can free Biff and Judy. Dane is captured in the mighty paw of the gorilla. And he tries to warn Nikki off, but it's no good because Nikki's, Nikki, aiming, Nikki's aiming a little low. Oh, true. And also Nikki would never back away from danger. What right. a silly thing to try to get him to do. He's a sea devil. And he's got freckles. There's no way that guy's <laughs> going to make rational decisions. All right. The gorilla captures all of the sea devils and heads back to his hideout. Well, wait, well, wait Bob. What? The, the glass bell jar only had one closed opening. How did he capture the sea devils? With a giant oyster shell, of course. Yes. Or a scallop shell. Anyway, it's scalloped and just happened, luckily was laying nearby. Too bad DC Direct doesn't exist anymore. This would be a wonderful little statue. Yep. Giant gorilla holding the bottled up sea devils. Or a bathtub toy. <laughs> filling, up, filling up the bathtub right now. Manfish returns to the hideout and the gorilla announces, good news, I have captured the sea devils. They will no longer interfere with our plans. But Manfish, as we discussed earlier has a crush on judy he had not counted on her being a prisoner but if he can talk the gorilla into freeing judy that could be a chance for him to look like a hero in her eyes and for him to get rid of dane for good because dane and judy are in love he talks to the gorilla he would not know that from this issue no he talks to the gorilla or tries to talk him into releasing a woman why not release her? Because she's still a sea devil. 
and thus still dangerous. Request refused. We don't have to war on women. No, they're inherently weaker than manfish. It's just unreasonable. Manfish decides he's got to save Judy, even if it means freeing all the other sea devils. And he has a plan. He pretends that he's been exposed to air too long and that he's getting weak because you see the gorilla doesn't know about his transformative powers yet. So he pretends to collapse on the floor and then boom, turns into a giant green octopus. This is the moment I started calling him man bitch. And see, I thought he always had to be green in his transformations in the one previous appearance I've seen of him. The spider wasn't green. I know, but the last, he appeared two issues ago and I seem to recall that every creature was green that he turned into, which made me just assume. You're doing a beast boy in your head? Yeah. Well, he's a green octopus here. Right. Anyway, it knocks over the bell jar. The sea devils are free. Hooray, the end. Oh, no, it's not. We're only on page 17. (laughs) (laughs) It's twice now you've declared the end, Bob. Listener, you haven't even seen the half of it yet. The octopus captures the gorilla, allowing the sea devils to escape. And then all of a sudden, manfish is pulled up into the sky by a giant ray beam being projected from a spaceship. He's really rocking that Namor look in that top panel where he's uh, pulled out of the water. Yes, he is. It also looks like there's a fishing line coming out. Yep. I first assumed that he was being hooked by a fisherman. (laughs) Maybe the fisherman came over from Aquaman and has decided to hunt the manfish. Manfish reasonably assumes that this is a visitor from Mars. As one would. Is it? We'll find out in part three, continued on the fourth page following. Manfish, having been plucked from the watery depths onto a spaceship, is astonished to find two alien visitors, who he keeps insisting are from Mars, as well as the giant gorilla. They're on board the spaceship. And and one of these dudes has been promoted by the Thangarian Police Corp because he's got the wings, wings on the side yep. of his helmet. He seems to be in charge because he says, we're not from Mars. Cease your jabbering. <laughs> and don't attempt any more of your form changes. It won't work here. Now, the aliens explain that the gorilla is only a dimensional image able to be sent instantaneously to wherever I please. And with a snap of his fingers, it's gone. And with another snap of his fingers, it's back. Bobby, so that must be what happened in the attack, that he just made the gorilla disappear temporarily. Right. He's got one normal glove and one fabulous glove. Yes. <laughs> one, well, and his cape kind of covers the normal side. Right. So that's so you can go from work to a cocktail party. Just oh, yeah. flip your cape around. <laughs> right. The but other I guy hasn't said seen... anything. He's just standing there brooding. This is uncanny. so the alien explains that he is constantly tuned in on the gorilla image when the sea devils thought they destroyed it i had merely given them that illusion 
And as for you, my half-man, half-fish, well, he's an amphibian, you will do exactly as I say with these hypnotic beams coming out of my eyes. Manfish is hypnotized, commanded to destroy the sea devils before they learn that it was the aliens who captured Little Caesar and made it appear to have changed him into a monstrous gorilla, meaning Little Caesar is still alive. Phew. The end. Yep. Oh, wait. Wait, there's more. Uh, the sea devils spy Manfish coming out of a spacecraft. And, oh, no, that's not the sea devils. It's Captain X. Yep. I love Captain X's ship, I have to say. Yep. It's I would like that toy. The form, it's like the Nautilus of Captain Nemo fame, only it's got the head of a hammerhead shark on it. I hear that he used the same designer that Black Mana did for his ship. Probably. Yeah. And it all tracks back to Lex Luthor. <laughs> now, I think I mentioned this. Captain X can't ever leave his sub because he's radioactive or something. I don't recall the details. Radioactive. Yes, we read that the accident that changed Manfish from the handsome Marquis Juan Valambrosa to Manfish was the same kind of accident that dooms me to stay forever within this sub. If I step outside these confines, I'll die. But that's not important now. I must get in touch with Dane, my son, and report these strange happenings. So, Dane, I'm sorry, that dog's really snoring. I also had forgotten that Dane knows that Captain X is his father. I thought it was some kind of a Cyclops Corsair situation. I think it was uh, revealed the last time we saw um, in, in, in the one issue that I did with you. Could be. You know that was three years ago. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, telling you the truth. <laughs> one of us is getting old. That's, you can say that again, sister. Uh, now, Dane's going to call the other members of our team, the International Sea Devils. Who my head forgot about. Me too. <laughs> Until this panel. He calls the African International Sea Devil, Molo, who I guess is South African because he's white, who listens to his orders and gets ready for action. So this was the 17th shock for me in the issue um did we know this already i about do their headquarters i do recall this from the i mean i did not recall it until this very moment but i do recall that yes they have a giant underwater ambulatory robot in the form of neptimus the uh mythological first skin diver so why didn't they just deploy that against the giant seat? Right. That should have been your first line of attack. Because it works. Yeah. Also, who built this robot? Doc Magnus? Because it has no visible joints or gears of any kind. It does kind of look like Doc Magnus in the face. Uh-huh. Oh, wouldn't that be a good yeah. miniseries? It, it's... Neptimus no. in the middle now. <laughs> it would be a good footnote. Hey, they once did a mini series on this. Uh, 
So the giant figure of Neptimus strides across the ocean floor. Meanwhile, Manfish is flagging down the sea devils who still can't figure out why Manfish helped them escape. So Dane warns them to keep their guard up. This whole business is crazy. He's just now mentioning that. (laughs) Manfish offers to lead the sea devils to the gorilla's lair because he knows a way of destroying him. And Dane agrees to go along just till they find out what he's up to. Well, Manfish is leading them into a trap. They arrive. I can't get over this guy. Just on again, off again. I'm good. I'm bad. I'm with the ape. I'm with Judy. Well, now remember, he is hypnotized, being compelled to do this evil work. Is he? As far as we know. (laughs) Allegedly. So this is the climax of the aliens' foolproof scheme. They are going to destroy the sea devils, and then they are going to take over the world. And there sits little Caesar, trapped in a bell jar of his very own. The sea devils... What? He looks happy. He's grinning. I mean, does he really know what's going on? He knows these dudes are entertaining, and that's enough for him. He's brought the sea devils to the cave where giant barred doors slam shut with a mighty splash, trapping them inside with the giant gorilla and the aliens. The gorilla snatches up the little mini subs, preparing to crush them to smithereens. But what's this? A little something extra occurs on the hovering spacecraft. The mighty golden hand of Neptimus smashes through the alien's craft. With no joints or any visible mechanisms to think that it's a robot. But I did like the way that this uh, giant underwater gorilla scooped up these um, sea devil crafts like it was collecting toys. I kind of of had empathy for him there. He's like, (laughs) finally, the whole set and their vehicles. Listener, maybe I'll take a screenshot. I wish you could see work friend Chuck's sanctum where he's recording. It's full of toys. It's the most magnificent room I've ever seen in any house. And I've been to Neuschwanstein in Bavaria. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's an, another episode of Challenge of the Super Friends where the Legion of Doom has won. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the episode and Toy Man is cackling says, then we'll have all the toys in the world. Toys, toys, toys. That's a really good toy man voice. (laughs) Uh, So Neptimus uh, picks up the spaceship and smashes it down on something because it crushes the ship. And all their instruments are destroyed. They'll be ruined. And just as the sea devils are about to be blasted into nothingness by the giant gorilla, he disappears. The end. (laughs) Not really. Not quite yet, Bob. Sorry. Manfish wakes up from his days. Sure he does. Uh, Thanks waking up from a day. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, Dane says, I think you were under some kind of alien influence that suddenly faded, just as the gorilla faded away. Anyway, we've got work elsewhere. Let's get out of here. (laughs) What else could you have to do? Don't you think you've put in a full day's work, Dane? The iron gate that was trapping them is gone. They say that must mean that Neptimus is doing a bang-up job on the aliens. 
and indeed he is. The aliens make a quick getaway. Blast it, Manfish says. <laughs> this is like arriving after the ball game. Again, I missed my chance to be a hero in Judy's eyes. Did you miss that 20 pages ago? <laughs> and up pop the sea devils wondering what happened to little Caesar. And here he is. Molo's got him in the eyeball of Neptimus. And this listener is really the end except manfish swimming off thinking bah i might as well continue my war with captain x nothing left for me to do here i think manfish was actually on more pages than the sea devils yes probably well i've got some good news and some bad news Uh oh the good news is we've got five more issues of sea devils and they're all go-go checked the bad news is uh-oh. This is the last we will ever see of Manfish. Oh. Of the International Sea Devils. Oh. Of Neptimus. <laughs> I can live without that. And of Captain X. How can you live? There's a giant golden robot somewhere under the ocean. I figure that uh, after tearing up this alien ship, it broke and is just lying on the bottom, but... Losing Captain X and Manfish is too soon, but yeah. Um, apparently, uh, they introed all together at the same time. Sea Devils, Captain X, Manfish, the inter- the international whatever, and, <laughs> C- and Sea Devils twenty two. Yes, and then they appeared in every other issue, yeah, up through thirty. Meaning what? Five appearances. And no entry in who's who. Right? Shall we sing? Well, well, there was another Captain X, wasn't there, that was Firestorm's grandfather or something, who was an aviator? Oh, from the Golden Age, I think. Something like that. We'll have to buy our who's who omnibuses. (laughs) Check it out. Now on sale. Well, what did you think of this issue? I loved it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would not recommend it to normal human beings. I I have to say that I'm very intrigued with the notion that Neptimus is laying on the bottom of the ocean somewhere. And he could be revived in a story. I don't know why modern comics writers are not mining this issue for so much here. They all talk about how Grant Morrison and Jack Kirby just, they've got these ideas and half of them are just lying on the floor, just done in one panel and moved on to the next. Mm-hmm. But what about Bob Haney and the Sea Devils? Right. Or Bob Haney and anything. <laughs> right? That man We're, had all sorts of relatives. Allegedly. That could have raised him. Allegedly, Bob Haney wrote this issue, but who else would have written it? Bob Haney was uh, a joke by the time that the 70s crew came along, the younger writers that were joining D.C. and and getting popular. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were all, you know, laughing about Bob Haney behind his back. And um, they were at a party once and Jerry Conway said to Bob Haney, no, Bob Haney, motion for Jerry Conway to come over. And he's like, you're the 
hottest writer right now at DC, aren't you? And Jerry Conway was all bashful and said, oh, well, I guess so. And Bob Haney took a sip of his drink and said, yeah, I was once. Oh, burn. And Jerry Conway realized his mortality in that moment. <laughs> That's like all about Eve. Uh, well, so they shuttled Bob Haney off to Brave and the Bold, which are the greatest stories in the whole of the 70s. The Sea Devil's loss was the entire comic book population's gain. And comic series Brave and the Bold begat Batman the Brave and the Bold comic uh, cartoon series, which is the greatest cartoon series ever made. Yep, yep, yep. So you keep mentioning Lex Luthor being behind everything. Well, I mean, if we're going with the idea that this whole universe is interconnected, certainly, yeah. who else is, besides Doc Magnus, who else is going to be able to buy a, build a giant ambulatory aquatic <laughs> robot? So in modern comics, which I know you don't keep up with, right? Um, Lex has been turned into Apex Lex by absorbing the Martian Manhunter. What? Yeah, right. I'm sorry to pain you. And he's going around giving gifts to various villains. They Super. did that in the 90s, didn't they? Well, yeah. <laughs> to, to the Black Manna? He gave a, a giant robot. Is it named Neptimus? No, it's a. It looks like a a, a mech um, with a with a giant black man head. But I think these two are related. I think, uh, yeah. Well, what happened to humanity? Just like you know, we could not recreate the technology that flew us to the moon anymore. We can't? No. I know I read that somewhere or I saw it on Gilgan's Island. Just like that, we cannot create a smooth-skinned ambulatory robot anymore. You have to make it look like right. a machine. Right, for going backwards. Yep. Well, as you know, in my hypothetical history of the future in DC Comics, there's some kind of uh, robot uprising which destroys humanity for a while. And that's why the 30th century is so retro. Oh, right. Because they had to rebuild everything from scratch. Well, they rebuilt it all after Commandy, right? Right. Theoretically. <laughs> after Commandy, by his lonesome, restarted the human race. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he had that girlfriend with fire hair. What was her name? Right. And red skin. <laughs> yep. But he had the other one called Flower, who was topless but had the long hair that covered her her naughty bits. Mm-hmm. Well, she probably didn't have nipples either. Right. Nobody did in after <laughs> the great catastrophe. <laughs> Bob. What? We need to write that story. Commandy finds Neptimus. I'm on it. Oh God, that would be great. But it would be by Kirby, so it would happen in one panel. Then he'd move on. You can find Chuck on Instagram at AguaDCD. Did I get that right? Yep. If you are interested in pictures from my collection or panels from my comic book reading, um, you will not find any pictures of my children. No. Just as well. We'd rather see pictures of superheroes in jars. <laughs> 
And you can find me on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You can find Dr. Husband on his very own podcast, Liberally Speaking. And you can probably find him back here next week. No promises, though. You, might have, a, you might have a new gig, Chuck. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Reduce your listeners to zero. Yes, since you're the only one. Uh, won't you join us again with or oh. without Dr. Husband? Absolutely. Sweet. I've been intermittent fasting. Are you in your eating window? Uh, I am. I have another hour and a half before the shutters shut. You can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) Have you really been intermittent fasting? I really have. What's your window? Uh, Like two to ten. Oh. But, you know, sometimes I just forget to eat. That's not been my experience. Well, mine either. Both of you seem to have a a really good um, uh, appreciation of the nicer foodstuffs. That's the nicest way I've been called fat in my life. (laughs) I'm calling you fat, Bob. (laughs) And by nicer foodstuffs, I'm excluding the family-sized Dorito bags. Okay. Uh, and Dr. Husband is not intermittent fasting, but he is eating no carbs. Well, Dr. Husband few. himself is intermittent. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to lose way more weight than me. Yeah. They're out there. He's going to create another man fish hell bent on vengeance against the human race. Just you watch. You know, I've never seen Rob and Manfish in the same room together. True. And he is an excellent swimmer, but he he couldn't pull off those scaly bikini briefs. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Not even with his teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. All right. We'll be back next week, I think, with Green Lantern. I don't remember. You'll just have to tune in and find out. Excellent. And are you aware of how we sign off, Chuck? Uh, yes. We say bye. Bye. It's time to give all of a That comic book was batshit crazy awesome.